Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. What's up everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercer. What's up guys? This is Paul Verzi and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 354 for Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. Happy Valentine's Day, the day of chocolate, red roses, and probably BJ's and boning. Yeah, stick it in there consensually. Uh, welcome to the One Man Podcast. If you have never uh, listened to this before, it is me, comedian, brand ambassador, earthling, Josh Williams, telling you what is going on with me personally, professionally, and everything in between. And this week, oh my God, I will tell you guys about, geez, what can I tell you? I've, I've worked on a lot of One Man Podcast stuff this week, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. I watched, we did some sort of like online watching of friends play some games. I did a customer appreciation event for Metro. I did another weekend of stuff for Tim Hortons at Winterlude. I went out for some drinks with some friends and I watched some documentaries. I actually, while I was working away in front of the computer, I just threw the the second screen onto some documentaries and watched them. I'll tell you guys about that and just some other stuff. I'll just chat with you. I got a quote of the week for you guys. I got a top five, some plugs, you know. What are we, uh, what are you even doing here? I'll give you guys a quick, uh, I'll start off by just giving you a quick little check-in. Yeah, let's start with that. I don't know why I've got the hiccups. I'm so sorry. It's like, it's like hiccup burps. I'm just like silent hiccup and then just burp, whatever. It's not a burp. It's a hiccup. And then I'm just like, I feel a release, whatever. So in terms of, in terms of my weight, I'm still, I, I'm not plateauing because I'm not putting the effort in. Plateauing, I think, is when you're when you're really still just doing everything to to keep going, but your body just is like, nah, no gains. Well, stepping off the scale today, I am two fifty five point eight, which means I don't think I've really lost anything since last week. I've maintained, but I've also cheated quite a bit, and I think I've gone insane. But I haven't, I haven't given myself a calorie deficit and I haven't even stayed keto guys. I posted a picture earlier this week on the Instagram. Feel free to go check it out. I came home after an event with some, some freebies that they sent me home with very, very kind, but it was like cookies. Like they basically gave me a bag of junk food and I did my best to get rid of it, but my best, no, I did, I did a, an effort to get rid of some of it, but I'm, some of it I was like, Oh, this might be neat to try. Some of these look relatively low carb or whatever. So I posted a picture of like these nuts that I had. What did I have? I had the, the guy that's got to be on here somewhere. Customer appreciation. Come on. Yeah. It's having a tougher time. I, I had cookies and like popcorn, like just small little grab bags, but cookies, chips, popcorn, and they, and these like tackies, fiery covered peanuts or whatever. The Instagram post is there. You'll see what they were. And these like salted caramel cookies. Like I had like one or two of the cookies just to try them. But like, I think the new rule is going to be like, don't bring them in the house, bring them in the house. I'm going to get, I'm going to eat them. I'm going to give myself an excuse. I'm going to eat them. And then a couple times this week, guys too, I, uh, for the super bowl and everything like that. Yeah. Happy, I guess a shout out to the super bowl. Who gives a shit? Don't know who's playing. Don't know who won. And it's a few days, a few days later. So fuck me. Huh? Who cares? It's so funny to me too, because I used to give a shit about sports. Here's the yawning. I think that should be my indicator. And I'm like, I'm boring myself. Just give up, Josh. What do you still do this for? Don't know who played. Don't know who won. Don't, don't care either way. But yeah, the, come on, brain. Come on, brain. Let's go back to work here. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the the, the Super Bowl, but I used the Super Bowl Sunday. Like I, I cheated on the Saturday night and I got myself pizza. Things in the house are, are rough. I'm not going to waste any of your time talking about it, but I'm just, I'm just, I can't, I can't tell you guys about it without just being ugly. I mean, I, I can, I cannot be ugly, but it's just like, why put my shit and somebody else on blast and not, 
you know, yeah, I think if you've been listening, you, you know where things are at. If you're just tuning in for the first time, this is me. I'm going through like a breakup was with somebody for a very long time and now we're not together, but we still live together and we're kind of waiting to see who's, who's going to be leaving and, and when, and all this stuff. And it's just, it's just rough, just rough. So I got to tell you guys, like food was my outlet for a dopamine hit. And so having like a bunch of shit going on right now is not making it easy. You know, I know my actions and my choices are still my own, but it just doesn't make things easy. That's, that's really all it is. So, um, having like snacks, oh boy, having snacks at the ready. But I'm like, yeah, you know what? Wouldn't, wouldn't a nice cup of, a cup of decaf coffee in this wee hour of the night with a, a couple of ch- white chocolate covered Oreos, wouldn't that be delicious? Oh boy. And I'm sure it would even give you a dopamine hit. Take some of that lonely sadness out of you. So I can't bring this shit into the house. I also, like I said, cheated with pizza on the Saturday night. Just, I got a thin crust from Gabriel's. I was like, oh, what a great deal. Late night pizza, 13 bucks delivered, delivered and tipped proper for 20 best night of our lives. And, and then the pizza that delivered had a promo for the next day for the Super Bowl, And it was like $15 three top in the next day. And I was like, fucking let's do this bad call. So I've had two pizzas, but the nice thing is I haven't gained any weight. So I'm still being pretty disciplined during the day, but I I've, I've made some mistakes I'm back on track. I haven't had a, a late night pizza in a couple of days. God damn it. Why am I so tired? So yeah, can't bring it in the house. Gotta be good. Really, really want to get this ship turned around. I did cheat also on Friday night. I'll tell you guys this little story. I went out. So my friends coming with me to Chicago, Richard, Mikey, and Mika, all great dudes. Mika has been featured on the podcast. Mikey's co-hosted podcast with me. Richard, I talk about on the podcast and wants to start a podcast with me. So just all good, good dudes. That I like we, Mika had made the suggestion like, Hey, since we're all going to Chicago together and we haven't, you know, Josh is the common denominator through everybody, you know, maybe we should go out and have like dinner or some drinks or something beforehand, just so everybody can kind of meet each other. And I was like, that's a great idea. So we decided to do that on Friday night, went to the Royal Oak. I had fish and chips. Just try to find something not horrific. Oh, here comes another yacht. <laughs> something not too horrific. I realized it's, it's carbs and everything. I was like, whatever, not good. It was on special. So I think I was trying to save some money. If I'm like, if I'm going to cheat, I'm going to save some money while I'm at it. It wasn't good. I think there was even bones in the, the, the batter, like, like, you know, the tail end of the fish hadn't been, you know, well deboned or whatever. So it just wasn't good, man. Like $20 for, for a small plate of fish and chips. And that was the special price. So not great. And I had, uh, I did have two beers first times I've had some drinks in a while, two beers, Michelob Ultra, very low calorie. It was just nice. And again, haven't, haven't gained any weight. I'm just not losing either. So got to get this, 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 the show, this, this boat turned around, but it was nice seeing the guys and shooting the shit. And I, I hope that everybody's kind of looking forward to the trip, you know, now that they know each other a little bit and whatnot. Another positive I have, and as I went to the, the, the optometrist, the eye doctor, and we did like scans and everything like that. And it would appear that my diabetes is not affecting my vision. They were saying that the two organs that are most affected by diabetes are your kidneys and your, or, or most likely to be affected are your eyes and your kidneys. And so he was showing all the, the back of the eye stuff where, you know, where diabetes would, would start to manifest. He says, it's all, I don't see anything there that's, that's, you know, shows that diabetes are affecting your vision. I was like, that's great. So, you know, and I, and I got a, my prescription changed just slightly, but I've got some new glasses on the way because I want to be able to see, you know, I, I think it's important, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, that was a good prognosis of doctor. I want to get back on track with the eating. Some of the documentaries I've been watching lately are just giving some more scientific evidence and stuff like that for why, you know, just eating good will not to suggest, excuse me, let's let this yard phase itself out. Not to suggest that, that, you know, Hey, who didn't know that, that eating right would, would elongate your life. But I just, I think I want to be around. I think I want to be happy. I think I want to give myself a second chance. I'm 41 and I feel like I'm just going to be starting my life out the right way. You know what I mean? Working hard on the stuff that I, I like, trying to find a good relationship, trying to love myself, trying to be healthy. You know, they do say better late than never. 40 is very late to be starting that. Yeah. I'm just going like, is there a way I can turn this sentence funny midway through? Not really. But yeah, so, so like I said, I got to not bring the garbage in the house. I got, I got to focus on just the, the health stuff, maintain. I want to see some, some differences. I want, I want to feel good. I want to feel good. So that's what I'm going to do in terms of just some other, like I, I got a couple, a couple housekeeping things. My Apple TV has been shitting the bed lately. 
you know, at night I throw, I, I, I had too many demons in my head to just go to sleep with dead silence. So I need, I usually put something on, throw an off time around, fall asleep. Well, my Apple TV, the one that I bought on the Sheeran tour, there's another, yeah, what's the count at? I bought an Apple TV when I was on tour in the summer doing the Ed Sheeran thing. And I got it because I was bored out of my mind in hotels and buying an Apple TV. I hook it up to the thing, put my account on it, bing, bang. I can, I can watch more stuff. I have more options. So bought it in the States. And, and there's two, like it was on sale and there's two different versions of the Apple TV. There's a 64 gig that has no ethernet connection and a 128 gig that does. And for whatever reason, my Apple TV, like the, the Wi-Fi, just kept crashing. And I assumed it was the Wi-Fi in the house because we're hardwired with fiber optic and it's really, really fast. And just like every night I'm like, you know, I'll go to, go to bed. I'll put something on and like quite literally, like just as soon as it starts to get going and I'm roll over and I start listening to it, like freeze. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, just buffering, buffering, and then nothing. I'll check the connection. It tries to do a, a speed test. There's no, there's no network connection, whatever. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I'd go out and like, we have these little pods that are supposed to be like signal boosters for the modem, which is in the basement, you know, I'll unplug them, reset them. And it'll work for like, I don't know, 30 seconds and then just go buffering again. So I was like, you know, the, the, what, what is it? The, the Wi-Fi is shitting the bed, but this thing doesn't have an ethernet port. So everything else in my, my room, I have hardwired just the way it was, but I was like, but the, the Apple TV is not an option to, to hardwire. And I, because I thought it was the, the, the Wi-Fi, I was working on that for a while. I'd unplug it every night and hope it would, you know, last long enough that I could pass out. But, but everything else, Wi-Fi is actually working. Like the, every, nothing else is cutting out. So I'm like, this has got to be an issue with the Apple TV and I can't, there's no alternative. Like the, what it does is it's a streaming box. So if it's not connecting to the internet, it's not doing anything. So I'm like, I got to go to Costco and I got to buy the more expensive one, the one with the ethernet thing so I can hardwire it. So that's what I did while I was there getting my exam and my doctors, my, sorry, my glasses done. I bought a new Apple TV and I bought a ethernet cord and I cut out, I got all my TVs always wall mounted, just my thing. And I'm very, very good with my cable management. So I did to, to cut open all the, the, the cable straps and everything for the existing one. So I could run a new ethernet cable up through the, the bracket and the articulating wall mount and everything like that. It's just a job running a new wire, but I did that. And, and now everything is running super fast. No delays. Very happy. Yeah. So that's my other thing. Also, I wanted to ask you guys, I, I feel like I did the two is one and one is none quote of the week at one point, but I, uh, going through my notes, which is what I used to track, like what quote I did, what top five list I did, what, you know, outro song I did. I don't see a single episode that has the two is one and one is none quote, but I feel like I did that. So huge favor to you guys. If you do happen to remember like which episode I did that, can you send me an email contact at one man podcast.com and just say which episode I did the two is one and one is none quote. And if I didn't, at all. If everyone's like, I have no idea. I don't recall you saying that at all. And I've listened to every single episode. My bad. My bad. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know. But I, I just, I feel like it's there because I want to make sure my notes are good because that's how I avoid duplicating something. If I didn't keep track, there's many, many times where I'm like, oh, this song, I love it. I'm going to, I'm going to use it as the outro. And it's like, oh, you used it two years ago in an episode. I'm like, oh, fuck. So if you did happen to hear me do the quote of the week, two is one and one is none. Please let me know which episode that is so I can correct the the notes on the back end. Also, I posted uh, two episodes of the podcast that were that were missing, episode number 347 and episode number 348. And uh, because like when I do it, I schedule it so that it, it occurs chronologically where it was supposed to. Do you guys get notifications? Does it tell you when an old episode that, you know, isn't isn't coming out tomorrow, like it's already come out. So I don't know how that works on the back end, if it notifies you guys that there's a new episode posted or because it's date is, is past tense, if it doesn't tell you anything at all, I think I will let you guys know when I post some new episodes, just so that you have an opportunity to go back and listen to them if you want. But episode number 347 and 348 are now posted. And, and I hope you guys get a chance to, to listen to them and enjoy. Also, I've been working on all sorts of podcast stuff. So I have been turning old episodes that were not on Spotify into MP3s and then uploading them with their proper information so that those episodes will appear in, in all catalogs of the podcast. I've been working on some of the social media stuff. So just some pictures and things like that kind of, you know, hinting at what the top five lists will be or the quote of the week or things like that. So I'm excited to get that stuff out to you guys. It just gives me something when I'm killing time instead of playing video games or just doing nothing. I can sit in front of the computer and just do a little something that might, might help just get a little bit of, of, you know, podcast info flowing. So 
I just wanted to share that with you guys and say like, Hey, if you're not already following one man podcast on Instagram, please do. It's easy to find. And I put, put little bits of bonus stuff out there for you guys. And I'm working on doing it even more than before. So, which was almost non-existent at times, but every now and again, something funny would happen. I'd post it and put a little note to an episode. So please, please uh, have a peek at that one man podcast on Instagram. Also, there's always, you know, the, the, the email route, you can send me an email contact at one man podcast.com. Tell me what's going on with you and I'll share it. I wanted to talk about a couple things here work-wise. I want to plug that I am still working on the Hilarious Bastard show coming to Collingwood, Ontario on June 1st. We'll be working on the promotional materials. I need to send some emails to some people just working on sponsorships and partnerships and things like that. See if we can make it happen. I'm looking forward to that. A big shout out to Tyler in Collingwood who's helping to put some stuff together. I did uh, the Tim Hortons activation this weekend at Winterlude. Same as before, just literally handing out cups after cups after cups of coffee and hot chocolate. Shout out to Jay and Miles from the Diamond team who are who are the leads and, and kind of running this thing as the tour guys. And then uh, shout out to Rania, Sanjay, and Sarah, my Ottawa peeps who are working that fucking truck with me and uh, making it happen. We're just getting things done, killing our Saturdays and Sundays efficiently. So just shout out to them. That's what I've been doing. It's really nothing special, nothing to write home about. It's been warmer so we're not freezing our balls off in the, in the, in the truck, but it's just kind of like, I just production line. We're just getting those drinks out, calling it a day, nothing fancy. I did, uh, I did a customer appreciation gig for Metro, which I thought was kind of cool. I do the Metro grand openings all the time. And I tell you guys about them. This was kind of like a small scale version of one of those. Like it was one day and, and just a few things, but it was actually, it was called a customer appreciation, appreciation gig and all the, the wordings, whatever, but it was actually like a staff slash customer appreciation thing. So the store that I did was in Elmvale here in Ottawa. And what happened is like, I did like 62 stores. This store was voted the highest by like the customer surveys for having like the best customer service, everything like that. And apparently Metro once every quarter will take the highest ranking store and they'll just give them like a little bit of a, like a, a celebration. So what ended up happening was they, we bring in coffee and cake for both staff and customers. So that's what we were running, but they also do like prizes and a draw and like loot bags for the staff. And they give them like a catered lunch on that day. So it was really cool to see that like they, and they didn't like fuck around either. Like they were giving away electronics and giant knife blocks and like pots and pan sets and stuff to their employees. So it was like, come in, they draw names. They had these, they, they had a lot of stuff that they were giving away. So it was kind of cool. And like, wow, once every quarter, they, they pick a store that's being, you know, that's performing the best and just reward them. And I thought it was super cool because it is from the customer reviews, which Lord knows I've been asked to do customer reviews a million times. And I don't think I've ever uh, less than 1%, you know, the condom breaks more than I would fill out one of those surveys, but this store, apparently they're just, they're, they're on first name basis. With a lot of the customers, the customers love them enough that they were willing to take the time out of their day to, you know to fill out those surveys and praise that store. So I thought it was really cool. Uh, I was only there for a few hours and it was like, you know, like a nine to one kind of thing, but it was cool to, to work with, you know, a couple, couple local brand ambassadors from a different company I've never worked with before. And then of course, seeing a lot of the familiar faces from Metro that I work with on the grand openings just in for the day or whatever it was, it was a, a very cool event and I'm very happy to have been a part of it. So yeah, that was how I spent my Thursday. And then of course, one of the things that I did was come home with a bag of cookies and, and, and fucking snacks. So double, I think next time I'll have to leave it behind. I was just kind of like, oh, this would be a nice thing to like bring home. I can share stuff with people, but you got to watch out with great power comes great responsibility. And with, with fatty snacks comes fatty results, I guess I got to come up with the superhero. That would be a superpower. Wouldn't it? To be able to resist snacks. He has the power of, of self-discipline, the dietary self-discipline. I did an event at absolute comedy on Wednesday and by the event, I just literally did a spot on the, the Wednesday show, but I helped put something together for, for my buddy, Ryan, he's in a fantasy football league. And he asked me quite some time ago, like, Hey, you know, we want to do a punishment for the guy who comes in dead last in our pool. And we've decided that we want the person who loses to do stand up comedy. So he's like, can you set up, you know, getting the guy a spot or whatever on the show? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Took care of that. Got a hold of Jason. We picked the date. So it was just like, you give us the details of the guy who loses and we'll set it up. So we set that up a while back. His name was Kyle Buck. Nice kid shows up. He's wearing a shirt that says help on it. That apparently his wife picked up for him. So I was like, oh dude, you're doing like a, you're wearing a joke shirt on stage. Apparently the wife got most of the room 
to come. So like most of the people there were there to see this guy's spot and his punishment. So the crowd was very supportive. It was very nice as this guy's like, he wasn't really telling much jokes. He wasn't telling much jokes. He wasn't telling many jokes. He he didn't write much material. It was kind of like, it went well because it was like a kid's talent show. It was like watching a guy do a speech and then having one or two jokes in that speech. But it was like, Hey, it's his first time. He was a nice kid. But it was just like the, the crowd was so supportive. Oh, you're the best goaltender there is, buddy, Bucky, or whatever the fuck they called him. And it was like, okay, but but there wasn't much jokes. And so my, myself and, and the other comics on the show were kind of like, you know, a nice kid. And you got like one or two laughs, but like really he didn't tell jokes. He was just up there telling a story. And then, you know, at the end, I, I don't even remember. I literally remember him saying like, you know, I lost and I'm like, oh fuck. And then it's like, oh, you got to do stand up comedy. I'm like, oh fuck. He's like, well, at least I have a month to prepare. And he's like, you know, did I start writing anything until yesterday? Nope. So I'm like, fuck, you know, and they're like laughing, but it's like, that's, that's it. And then he went to tell this big, long story about, fuck, I don't even remember, but it wasn't, it wasn't funny and it wasn't compelling. Right. George Carlin was like, if you're not gonna be funny, be interesting, but there's nothing compelling about it. It was just long, long thing. And, and, and I don't even remember getting a laugh at the end, but but as he was talking, it's just people would random show, Hey Bucky, you're the best buddy. We love you. You're fucking, you're great. And he's like, Hey, Hey shh, guys, let me tell the story. Let me tell the story. It was just, you know, nice kid, whatever the punishment worked. And I love what Ben Walker, the host said when he came back up, he's like, wow, I love that this guy's punishment is my dream, you know, to do stand up comedy or whatever. It's like, this guy's punishment is my dream. It was just a fun night. It was, it was cool to see the other comics, to shoot the shit, to, to do a spot. I went up afterwards and kind of roasted him a little bit. Cause I'm like, he knows he's doing stand up, but he doesn't know that I'm going to go up afterwards and just kind of poke fun at him. I, I had already like said in the back of the room, I'm like, if this guy like bombs and dies a terrible death, I, like, I'm not going to go up and make fun of him. I'll just go, you know, do a few minutes and then call it a night. But I'm like, but if he does great or, or if he's like, he's doing very, very well, then I'll bust his balls a little bit. Cause again, it's not much of a punishment if you're just like, again, in a, in a warm blanket of support, which he definitely was. So I went up and I poked I was like, Kyle Buck, he sounds like a gay porn star. Uh, there was another line that I fucking had that I've, I've now forgotten. I didn't write it down, but it was one that just worked well. Uh, like, yeah, he seemed like such a nice kid or whatever. And I was like, you yeah, know, Buck rhymes with cuck, something, something along the lines of that. But, but it just, it went well and he took it well and he was a good sport. And I just went up and I said, thank you for being a good sport. I'm like, you know, you did well. You needed to take a little bit of shit. It is a punishment after all. I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. So nice kid. Yeah. That was kind of my week in terms of the work stuff. And then honestly, speaking of like the, <laughs> the only thing I have left is to talk to you guys about some of the shit that I watched. I watched Chad, my friend Angie and I watched my buddy Chad online play this game, Silent Hill, the short message. He's like, oh, there's a new Silent Hill game out and it's free. I was like, really? So we're like, let's watch it. And it's a first person game where you're playing as a student and you're, you're running through a school a school, but then also the basement. And you're like in this like dream sequence where you're being chased by something, but you're also like picking up evidence or, or, or clues as to what happened. So like you were part of a group of friends. One of those friends killed themselves. It was like a 13 reasons why, even though I haven't seen it, it was like, it was like about teen suicide and, and personal image, or whatever. Like it was really heavy handed, but like, and not written well. It was like really like over the top hacky kind of thing. The scary parts were kind of scary, but really like there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of horror to it for like a Silent Hill game. Silent Hill did a game or, or what they called a playable trailer because originally they were going to do a game with Norman Reedus and making it very scary. But the game was called, they call it Resident Evil, not Resident Evil, sorry, Silent Hill PT, PT being playable trailer. And the idea was that you would walk through the store and it would bring you to a hallway and you know, like, like, like a hallway in, a, in an apartment and you'd walk straight down the hall to like where it would turn right. But to the left, like at the end of the hall to the left, there was just like a little cabinet sort of dresser thing that would have like a phone on it and some things you'd turn right to continue going down the hall. And then on the right side, there was like a door to a bathroom a little further down on the left was like your entrance foyer, not very big at all. Just like a small, small little, you know, three foot by three foot, whatever entrance. And then you'd kind of continue down the hall, go down some steps and then, and then through a door. And then when you go through that door, you're back in that first part of the hallway, right? Where you go down to the end and there's a cabinet on the left and the turn right down the hallway. And, and it was called playable trailer because every time you kind of looped through this, this hallway or whatever, it would get darker and more scary and more sinister. And you'd see little flashes of things. It'd be like bugs now on like a plate 
on that cabinet thing. Like it just, it was, it was, it was like psychological in the sense that you just keep going through the same hallway. You're stuck looping through this, but every time you go through, it's like, it's getting more and more sinister. And this had that same vibe because again, it was a silent Hill game and it was free. So I, I think that they were trying to do the same idea where it's like, you know, you just, you, you kind of loop through this, this school area, whatever, and pick up clues. And you're like, oh, I think I know what happened. And then, you know, you, then you wake up and you're back at the beginning again. And you're like, what, what the fuck? I thought I figured it out. And you got to kind of do it again, but now it's a little darker, a little more sinister and yada, yada, yada. So uh, we watched that. We, he got through the whole thing in probably like an hour and a half to two hours. We thought it was, it was cool to, to sit and watch something together where the three of us could comment on it because it was more visual than kind of gameplay-ish. But like I said, it was heavy handed. You get to the end and you're like, yeah, that seemed obvious sort of the entire way through that this was what had happened or whatever. But, you know, again, it was a free game. I also started watching Chad uh, play, and she didn't want to watch this because she's like, it's going to be too scary and gross. But I've been meaning to play Resident Evil 7 for a long time. And it's first person first person uh, perspective, but it's kind of like this Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe. You go into this house where there's this, this fucked up family and they're feeding you all sorts of gross stuff. And, you know, they're like, they seem very inbred and, and whatnot, but like in true Resident Evil form, they've got some sort of infection slash like organism, inf- like, I don't know, infection, organism, uh, mutation is the better word where, you know, they're super powerful, but you know, they're just like this fucking hillbilly backwoods. It, it had very much Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe. We are stuck in a house with fucking weirdo backwoods hillbillies and they're trying to kill you and they're trying to feed you gross shit or whatever. Like it was just, it was fine. We played for a while. Did not, did not finish the game, but, but played for quite some time. I did find it to be relatively interesting at some point. I'm sure that we'll, we'll finish it. But if, if we never do, then I'll just, at some point I'll play it myself. Cause at least I know where the jumps and shit are coming from jump scares and whatnot, but it was, it was fun to, to see. And then of course, in the last few days while I've been working on the podcast stuff, I, I've been watching some documentaries. So I watched a documentary called lover stalker killer. And before I go into that, I'm going to mention too, I watched a, a docu series, one episode and started the second, but I lost interest very quickly in the second one. I'm finding that Netflix has now like there's documentaries everywhere, of course, but I'm finding that Netflix now is doing a lot more docu series than documentaries. And I, I like being able to put on a documentary in an hour from, you know, an hour and a half, two hours from now, I've taken all the content. I don't like these ones where it's like 10 episodes long. I'm like, I don't have 10 hours like to, to just follow along with, with this. I mean, maybe over time I can, but like I, my, my, entertainment consumption is broken down into smaller bits. Now, like I'll watch a 10 minute video while I eat and then get back to whatever I'm doing. I don't have like time to stare at the TV. Whereas like if I, if I'm working in front of the computer for like two hours, I like that I can put on a documentary and it starts and finishes all in one time versus like, if it's going to be broken up over the course of weeks, like I've got shit that I started that I haven't gone back to, you know, and I'd like to watch it end, but I'm just, and when I go back, am I going to remember all the shit that came before? I don't know. So I'm just finding that there's a lot of, you know, docu-series and I'd rather watch a documentary. Having said that, I watched a documentary called Lover, Stalker, Killer. And, and, and the trailer seemed good. It wasn't bad. It was definitely something that you could put on and do something else. You don't have to sit and watch and absorb everything. It's not super data heavy where you need to get all this information and, 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 you know, compartmentalize all the things that they're telling you. It's, it's good. It was, it was good. It was, it was, you know, it wasn't making a murderer game changers, that kind of thing. Good, but it was good. Then I watched a uh, hell camp teen nightmare, which was a documentary about, you know, those, those kidnap a kid in the middle of the night and take them out to a, a boot camp in the middle of nowhere that they used to feature on like Geraldo and Phil Donahue, which are dated references, but those are like the Maury Povich, which is probably dated now to Ricky lakes and shit of like the eighties and early nineties. And the idea is that parents would pay these like boot camp guys to like fake kidnap their kids, take them in the middle of nowhere and like, you know, discipline them, you know, basically, you know, work them into shape to, to make them respectful and whatever. And this guy who was like the head of this, these, this company, you know, kids were being mistreated. They were, they were being treated, you know, terrible conditions, things like that. And this guy was just, just taking all these parents' money and parents have no idea. Like they basically, these parents were signing the rights of the kids over because they're like, I don't know what to do with them. And this guy would, would, you know, like something would have a kid would die or something and he'd get sued and they're like, well, it wasn't his fault directly. And then he just go to another state and open up a new one. Like this guy was just habitually doing that and parents were still paying. Apparently like Paris Hilton and some other people, rich people were like, had their kids going to some of these boot camps. 
you know, and they were, they were talking about it. So it's like years later, they're talking about it. But I, I, I can't say I enjoyed this one. I'm not like, oh, because it showed kids suffering. You know, it's like, that's horrible. But I just didn't find sometimes like, I guess when, when I watch a documentary, I want to see the evil person behind all this horrific shit. Like if we're waiting 30 years to tell the documentary, is it because justice was finally served? You know what I mean? Like, is that why we're doing it? Like, Hey, why didn't we do a documentary about this in the early two thousands? Right. Sometimes it's kind of like, Oh, I'd like to, you know, uh, if we're telling like the story of something, it would be nice to see some sort of change or some sort of start and finish. Like I like these documentaries. I don't know. I, I didn't enjoy the teen camp one. So I'll, I'll use what I'm about to say to, to lead into the last thing I watched. I started watching you are what you eat, the twin experiment a long time ago. And I actually, while I was getting all the things ready for the podcast today, I put it on, I was doing laundry and stuff and I watched the series and it's from, I believe it's from the same producers or directors, or whatever as the game changers. But what I kind of like is when they do like a study, maybe they'll get like participants or something to like experiment on something, you know, do an experiment. But at the same time, as they're doing the experiment, you're getting like pieces of information about the industry and they'll talk to an expert who's talking about a thing. And then they go back to, Hey, and now it's week two with these people or whatever. Like, I like that there's, even if, you know, there's no conclusion or positive outcome as a result of the subject matter, it is still nice to have a bit of an arc where you're like, and you're following these people, right? Like I give you an example, like Morgan Spurlock was he, when he did supersize me too, instead of just being like, I'm just going to start talking to the food industry again and pointing shit out like, well, even fuck, Hey, the first supersize me was like, I'm going to go 30 days and eat just McDonald's. But, but while he's doing that, he's talking to different people about foods and, and, and food systems and the schools and all these other things. So despite the fact that like, is he changing the food industry? Not necessarily. In fact, more likely to be the answer is no, but you still have that story arc of like, Hey, how did your 30 days of, of eating just McDonald's go? Like you still have a conclusion to the investment of time. Second one, it's like, you know, Hey, I'm going to open up a fast food restaurant on my own and I'm going to make it super honest where everyone's going to learn, you know, what, what goes into the food industry. You know, I found that, that to be interesting because not only again, is he talking about the food industry and how do they make menus and what do you know have to do for this, that, that it's still a start and finish where at the end, you're going to see his restaurant come to, to fruition or whatever, and, and see this, this honest food restaurant. So I just, I, I like the documentaries to give you a little something, whereas there's some that are, you know, telling the story of something that happened in the early nineties. And when you get to the end of it, it's like, and nothing happened. And you're like, okay, like, I appreciate the fact that you're telling the story, but it's like, why, why 25 years later is this story worth telling when nothing happened? You know, it's not like, oh, a new evidence came out that blah, bitty, blah, bitty, blah, bitty. It's just, nah, nothing happened. Like first season of making a murderer. Great. Crazy, disappointing, but great. The second season you end right where you started. So you're like, all right, like, so, so nothing, you have nothing new to report. You're like, we've been trying. I'm sure you have, but there's nothing new to report. That was, that was super, super disappointing. So the camp one to me was like that. The, the lover stalker killer. Good. The hell camp teen nightmare meh. If you want to watch and see what happened, fine. But like, did anyone pay for it? No. You know what I mean? There was no, there's no justice. I guess that's what it is to me. Like, I hate when there's no justice. If you're going to tell me about some, some horrible fucking thing that happened and you know, we all know about it from a two second, you know, video or, or article. If you, if you're gonna make a documentary, like what, what are our findings? What's the conclusion? Like, Oh, nothing. Just this thing happened. I'm like, well, I fucking knew that from the trailer, you know? Anyways. So, but I, but the, you are what you eat, the twin experiment. I thought that was really fascinating because the idea is they've got, you know, they're trying to say like, well, what's the effect of going like plant-based or something like that on, on the body's physiology versus like the regular food. And they said that like, it's really hard to tell because other, because some people absorb things differently and some people's physiology is different than others. So they were basically like, well, what better way to to find out then when we do it with someone who has almost the identical physiology, like a twin. So we'll have one twin do two months on like a vegan diet. The other twin will be on omnivore diet, not like in a gross, horrific way, but like both of them equally like healthy, but one of them will be eating meat. One of them will be eating vegan, like no, just plant-based. And then it's like, after two months, we're going to measure their metrics and things like that. So it's fascinating. I, I enjoyed it. And like I said, even, even though throughout they're talking about this, that, and the other in the food industry, there's still this, this, you know, 
uh, outcome. There's the findings. There's there's some sort of ending to the to the story. The arc is well, what happens to these these twins and their their biology? But you can still pepper in educational stuff about the food industry. So that's what I that's what I liked. So yeah, recommend love well watch without without disappointment. I would say lover stalker killer pass on hell camp teen nightmare unless you really want to and by all means take please take a look at you are what you eat the twin experiment it has re revitalized me to an extent my brain back in my head i've always wanted to go you know vegetarian but maybe vegan well well very very much vegan but i'm not a big not a big peppers tomatoes like there's certain there's certain veggies i just really don't like not a lot but some and I fucking hate mushrooms. And so many of these vegan dishes are like mushroom, pepper, tomato, onion heavy. And I just, I'm like, man, I, the textures, the textures of veg just fuck with me. But you know, maybe if I can, maybe if I can puree shit, put it all in there and just puree the shit out of it and put it on like noodles or something like that. Like maybe I can, I can get through, but I, I, I think that's the biggest thing keeping me from, from going vegan. I love my eggs and I love my cheese, but I'm sure I can find, I don't need eggs, but I'd love to find, I'd love to, to find some, I'd love to find vegan keto, man, that's going to be hard, but yeah, check out, you are what you eat, a twin experiment. All of these titles were on Netflix that I was talking about. Oh, geez. What's going on here? I think I hear the garage. I'm pausing the YouTube video I have playing in the background instead of the recorder. There was a light dusting of snow. Which is not the cause of the door, uh, garage door opening. And just hear like a sort of the garage door opener is right under my room. Cool. Quote of the week, guys. And I love this quote. I love this quote. I believe it wholeheartedly. Not much to say about this one, but it's, I'm suspicious of a person that doesn't like dogs, but I trust a dog when it doesn't like a person. And I believe that wholeheartedly because dogs are very loving. They're very open and accepting of people. And I have found that every time I have seen a dog that I don't know, dislike a person. And I know that person, the dog was usually right. That that is someone who's just generally crabby and bitchy and negative, whatever it is. But you know, and someone who's like, well, fucking dogs, just a dog. I'm like, yeah, you're broken. Not me. You're the one who's, who's maybe missing a little something. If you don't like dogs, dogs are the best. So if you don't like dogs, I'm, I don't trust you. I'm suspicious of you. And when a dog doesn't like a person, odds are that dog is right. So finally, one more time, the quote itself, I'm suspicious of a person that doesn't like dogs, but I trust a dog when it doesn't like a person. But yeah, quote of the week, one man podcast, mic drop. No top five this week, guys. This one, this one was hard for me because I, I, I think I, I don't remember how I came up with the idea, but I've always heard of like one hit wonders in music, but I've never thought of like a one hit wonder actor. You know what I mean? Like you can't do one hit wonder movie because like, you know, lots of movies are great and they don't ever, they never make sequels or whatever it is. Just the story was told, but, but sometimes there's actors that to me, like they, they looked real promising. They did a great job in a role and then you just never really saw them again. But it's funny to me because, you know, while I was making the list, I did need a little bit of inspiration, some, some reminders or whatever of, you know, just what are some examples? Who are some people, you know, and I, the internet had a different, like some of these people ended up on several, like on, on several lists of one hit wonders. And some of them, you know, once, and then we're gone. I was like, that person didn't have one hit. So to me, I'm going to, I'll tell you what the internet said. Okay. So for example, the internet said that Alicia Silverstone, she was on like every list. She was a one hit wonder. And it was like her movie clueless was a big hit, but then, but that was it for her. And I'm like, Alicia Silverstone was the lead in the movie, the crush, which I think was a popular thriller when it came out. She was also in a bunch of Aerosmith videos, even though that Batman movie was bad. She was in it. She, she was in like excess baggage with Benicio del Toro. She's been in a lot of movies. So to me, like, that's not somebody who like had one hit. Like, I guess if the, if they're saying like, well, one movie did really well and then all the movies, did, the other ones didn't do well. I mean, there's a lot of actors in my opinion that have been in one good movie and a bunch that, that, you know, weren't great. But I'm like, if you got to continue being a lead in several movies afterwards, that's not a one hit wonder to me. Your movies might not have been that great, but clearly people kept putting you in roles. So that didn't really work for me. Like another person that they said was a one hit wonder was Mark Hamill. Cause it's like, Oh, you know, star Wars movies and that's it. I'm like, I'm like, he went on to voice the Joker in like 
God knows how many Batman projects. When you play the Joker, you know, I would say he's a bigger hit as the Joker than he is in in Star Wars. Now, I get more people know him from Star Wars. Not a lot of people would necessarily know that Mark Hamill does the voice of the Batman animated series from the 90s and all of the Arkham games and several Batman projects since. But Mark Hamill, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't see him as a one-hit wonder, so to speak. Some people do. Uh, another list had Aaron Paul on there who played Jesse Pinkman in, in Breaking Bad. But Aaron Paul was, wasn't he just the lead in some fucking you know, fucking need for speed or something like that. He's been in several movies, if I'm not mistaken. And he was even one of the main characters in Bojack Horseman, like six seasons playing one of the characters on Bojack Horseman, the guy who lived with him. I don't remember his name, but you know, Aaron Paul to me is not a one hit wonder. He's, he's been in a lot, you know, he, he got the most screen time in El Camino. I don't, I don't see it. Like I don't, I don't get where this one hit wonder Eddie Furlong was on that list or Edward Furlong who played John Connor in Terminator 2. Sure, that was his biggest role, but I would say like for most people, when you do a James Cameron movie, that's probably one of your biggest roles. Sam Worthington is an example of that, who was in several movies, which I don't know why he didn't make this list because Sam Worthington was like an avatar, but then they put him in, what was it? Terminator Salvation. He was in that and he was in a couple other like little bit parts that nothing special, but you know, he'd be a one hit wonder, right? Avatar. Haven't seen anything from the guy forever. And then, you know, they do the avatar too. And it's like, oh, he's back to have a, you know, a minor part, barely ever being himself, you know, mostly about his kids and shit. So, you know, I don't know why he didn't make that list according to those rules. So I know he's been in a bunch of stuff, but they don't consider him a one hit wonder. So for me, Eddie Furlong played one of the main characters in American history X, which, you know, is a, is a very big movie. He was in a movie called brain scan. He's been in a lot of different things since like, he's not a huge actor anymore by any means, but I, I didn't really see him as a one hit wonder for a time. He was cast as the lead in a lot of different movies. So yeah, don't count that either. And John heater, another example, a guy who played Napoleon dynamite. They see him as a one hit wonder. He was one of the leads in the bench warmers. He, you know, voiced Napoleon dynamite in the cartoon. He was the lead in school for scoundrels. I believe he's been in some other stuff as well. I just, yeah, sure. I, I really don't see there's like, there's so many of them. And honestly, they had both Anakin Skywalkers, the, the kid, you know, who played Jamie in jingle all the way. So he was in that too, but I, they're like, uh, to me, one hit wonders, like those movies are pretty much universally disliked. So like, I wouldn't even call those movies the hit. And then same with that Hayden Christensen guy who played old, creepy, whiny, bitchy Anakin. I didn't think either one of them were in a hit movie. They were in a popular blockbuster movie, but I don't think it was a hit. The list went on and on. At one point they put William Shatner. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? William Shatner dude was in like Boston legal TJ hooker, star Trek. He was in all the movies. Like that guy's done so much stuff and you're going to call him a one hit wonder. Like that's it, it. The lists were dumb. And I did. And sometimes the, the movie that they would say is the hit. I'm like, that wasn't even a hit. And this person's been in so many other things. Like there was lists of like 50 people guys. So. To me, my one hit wonder list is people who were like big in a movie, you know what I mean? Who did a really good job, whatever, and then just maybe had one or two roles as like a secondary or, you know, come on, brain supporting character. Like for example, Sarah Michelle Geller was on that list of one hit wonders. What was on a list of one hit wonders. And I'm like, she was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was the lead in like cruel intentions. She was in the fucking Scooby-Doo movies. She was in scream Two. Like she was in so many fucking movies. She just kept getting roles after roles, after roles, after roles. I'm like, how is she a one hit wonder? I'm not saying she was great, but it didn't make any sense to me that she was a one hit wonder. Whereas in my head, my brain went Matthew Lillard and I'm like, he was big in scream, but then everything else. I'm like, he really wasn't, he didn't do much. He did like 13 ghosts. And I think he did like one or two other movies, you know, without a paddle or something like that with like Dax Shepard and just like little whatever roles that, that movie, not even a lot of people know about. It was really bad. But the point is, is like, I'm like, he was in scream and I'm like, yeah, I guess he, he kind of did a lead in like Scooby-Doo or whatever. I'm like, but then so did Sarah Michelle Geller, and she was in scream and she was in bigger things. So why is she getting painted with that one hit wonder brush? And he's not. So just having given you guys some context in, in terms of like several lists on the internet, I was trying to look through to, to, to get some level of inspiration. I, I came up with my, my one hit wonder actors. And to me, they're people who had a, a starring role 
and then just no, like they, they didn't get really any other leading opportunities from there. They may have been like a backup character once, twice afterwards, but like that was it. They were, they were pretty much done. So that's kind of, you know, what I'm going with. They may have that the odd thing here and there, but never, never did they, they ever surpass their, their original breakthrough performance. You know, they didn't really, they didn't really have a career after that in, in terms of anything recognizable. And so in number five, I got Alex Winter, Alex Winter played Bill, Bill S. Preston Esquire in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And then of course, eventually Bill and Ted faced the music, which was just fucking awful, but fuck, I don't know. I don't even remember anything about that movie. It was just bad. Oh, where they have kids. It was passing the torch and they're two dot garbage. But in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, I thought they were very fun movies. Enjoyed them. My hero, George Carlin, played Rufus in those movies. That was my introduction to George Carlin long before I ever knew he was a comedian. So I liked Alex Winter. Alex Winter, the only things I ever knew him in afterwards was he played a like, he just played one of the, the backup you know, gang members in the lost boys. So he was in the lost boys with Kiefer Sutherland, the movie about vampires, everything with Corey Feldman, all those other little peckers. So he just was like one of the members of the vampire gang. Didn't really, I don't think he had any lines or anything like that. Like barely there. He was, so he was in another movie that was popular, but it was not because of him. He didn't, he was a minor contributor if anything. And the only other movie I can ever remember seeing him in was a movie called freaked where some guy was stuck at a, a freak show carnival and Alex Winter's character, you know, was, was supporting and not in a big way. So it was like, he went from being a lead and very popular, you know, eighties movies to just like nothing, a supporting character, no lines, whatever to, done, but I liked him. Number four, Jim Varney, Jim Varney played Ernest. I would imagine there's a whole generation of people who've never even heard of Ernest, but the Ernest movies, Ernest goes to jail, Ernest goes to camp, Ernest scared stupid, Ernest saves Christmas. Those were great movies. He was like the goofy Tyler Perry of like the nineties, where it was just like this funny comedic slapstick sort of actor who really committed to the role, did a great job. The only things outside of Ernest that I remember of Jim Varney is that he played, he played, I guess the, the dad on the Beverly Hillbillies movie, which was such a minor role really wasn't. And then the movie was like nothing special. It was like, Hey, that, that, that popular sitcom, we're going to make it into a, a feature feature length movie. It was like minor, you know, he was one of the main characters, but it wasn't really anything for anybody. He didn't have a lot of screen time. And then of course, the only other thing I can remember of him was that he played the voice of Slinky in Toy Story. Now you think, no, Toy Story is huge. I'm like, yeah, but how many lines did Slinky have, you know, in the, in the movies? So, you know, I don't, I really don't think that it's indicative of, of how much work and, and whatnot Jim Barney got. But when you go from the lead in a series like Ernest, where you're just, you know, movie after movie after movie, you're leading it. I think, I think that's fair to say that that was your, your kind of one hit wonder. People know who Jim Barney is, but you know, not a, a whole lot of work outside of that. Number three, a lot of this stuff is going back to like, I'm, I was trying not to pick people. Like some people came across a list who like, they were like Jack Gleason who played the fucking little angry kid there. Come on. What was his name? Joffrey in game of Thrones. I didn't pick people like him cause they're calling him a one hit wonder. And it's like, dude, you, you haven't even like, you're still young. Your career's not over. So like like you're not a one hit wonder if there's a lull between game of Thrones and something else like Rupert Grint, I think is his name ended up on that list who played like Ron Weasley, I think, or whoever it was that played Ron Weasley and Harry Potter. They're calling him a one hit wonder. I'm like, he's still relatively young, man. Like there's time for his career to, to, to have other things. I've seen him in other shows. He was in that show servant on Apple TV plus where he plays a main character. So he's getting work there. Like to me, if you're a working actor on, on a series and you're a main character, like you're, you're working. You know, you're not, you know, you're not a one hit wonder, so to speak, where it was like, Hey, where'd that guy go? He was around and then just gone still around. So I, I didn't pick anybody who, in my opinion, still had their career ahead of them, you know, and is just going through a quiet dry patch. I pick people who are older now and it's like, and if they were going to have a career, you know, if after acting, they would still do that. Like to me, Joe Pesci's quit acting. He's not a one hit wonder because you don't see him anymore because he was in a lot of things leading. He was amazing. Rick Moranis, super fucking funny guy was in so many different movies, so many different great performances, you know, retired from acting. It doesn't mean he's a one hit wonder. It just means he's not active now. So I'm talking about the guys who acted, you know, didn't retire and just, that was it. So in the number three spot, we got Jaleel White. So just in case you guys are like that's dated, Alex Winter, Bill and Ted, that's dated. Ernest is dated. Yeah. Cause these things happened a long time ago and they haven't done anything since. Jaleel White played 
Steve Urkel in uh, the show Family Matters. And that was a guy who did a great, like that, that character was well done. You know what I mean? Steve Urkel, that guy committed, he grew old with them, did the Stefan Urkel thing, like had some definite range in his ability to play suave and super nerdy and everything like that. But yeah, Steve Urkel was a, was a great character. I didn't see anything from Jaleel White. Like he would play little bit characters here and there on Disney shows like cameos. And I think he voiced a really shitty Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon, but like his, he was, he was the franchise of family matters. Family matters was not a thing without Steve Urkel. And so huge role for him. And then to just never really see him in anything ever again, you know, not star in anything, let's say that, that made him a one hit wonder to me, but one hell of a hit, you know, uh, number two, Brent Spiner, who Brent Spiner, the guy who played data in star Trek, the next generation, like that guy played 10 seasons where he played an Android particularly well, showed some real acting chops or whatever. Great character. Never really saw him in anything else. There are quite a lot of Star Trek actors that, you know, you never really saw in anything else, but, but I think there's a lot of shows like that where you wouldn't really call them like a star or whatever, because you know, they're just a guy, a lot of Star Trek characters, just a guy, Jonathan Frakes, who played uh, commander Riker. I didn't really see him in anything. You know, he hosted a couple like Hollywood effects shows and things like that, but he never really did anything else. Whereas Patrick Stewart shitloads of stuff afterwards. He's Patrick fucking Stewart. You know what I mean? Whoopi Goldberg was on that show, but, but these, the rest of the cast are like, you know, you don't see them in anything else because there's really not much else for them. Whereas data like showed some real acting. Like he played robot before every fucking show was about robots and people trying to fuck robots and this, that, and the other. So he did a very good job of, of, of playing an Android. And then you just never saw anything else. I think he played a bad guy in the movie master of disguise with Dana Carvey, which was an absolute abortion of a movie but never really saw him in anything else or, or portrayed in anything else, which I thought was really disappointing because he, he did a very good job on that show. And for like 10 seasons or whatever, just played a, a, a very good job. A lot of shows will, you know, I, I talked about that movie Finch that we watched recently and it was like, that was a show where it's like, it's supposed to be a robot who's learning and, and, and the way they're training it is like, it's very like how a robot would react. But then within 24 hours, it's now sad. It's like, well, where the fuck did you learn emotions from? You're a robot. Whereas in Star Trek, data didn't really have emotions and it never broke that storyline. Never, it never betrayed its concept to just try to make a scene sad or something. So it was, it was very, very well done that he would, he would act and respond like an Android would in those situations. And very much like Pinocchio, he wanted to be human. He wanted to have the experience of human, but he just, he was a robot. And, you know, anyways, just, just a, a very cool part of the show. It wasn't in the original Star Trek. There was no Android. So it was something that added some, some life and character to, to exploring the, the, the concept of humanity and stuff like that. And the show, anyways, Brent Spiner, great job as data to me, uh, a one hit wonder actor, big, big profile, nothing else for it. And then number one spot to me, somebody who I thought had mad, comedic timing stole the, the, the scene so many times when he was in it. And then to just never see him do anything really ever again was, was to me a, a large waste of, of talent was Alfonso Ribeiro who played Carlton Banks in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Dude was so funny, played a, a cheesy, dorky, nerdy, rich black guy, you know, like that Carlton dance to Tom Jones is not unusual. Is so fucking iconic. Like I don't get it. He was, he was amazing. He was hilarious. He had good comedic timing. You know, Will Smith had a hell of a career after him. I'm surprised that Alfonso Ribeiro didn't even have like a, like a trail off where he played the leads and things like that. That to me is one that's just a head scratcher. I'm sure there's some YouTube video out there or some, you know, watch mojo thing, but like, well, I didn't, you know, Alfonso Ribeiro's career ever take off, whatever. I'm sure there's some, some reason to it, but it's just one of those things that I've just, I've never known. I thought that how funny and how good he was in that show, he definitely should have had a, a much larger and prestigious career afterwards, but who knows, maybe he fucked some producer's wife or something and, you know, got blacklisted for that. Cause that, that shit can happen. So that's my top five guys. Top five, one hit wonder actors, Alex Winder in five, Jim Varney in fourth place, Jaleel White in three, Brent Spiner in two, Alfonso Ribeiro in one. What is your list? If you were thinking of one hit wonder actors that are just, you know, their one minute looked like they were going to be on top of the world and then just gone. Who do you have on your list? Contact at one Send me your list. Send me any, you know, alterations to the list that I've made. If you feel any, make a suggestion for a list you'd like me to, to, to make in the future. I love doing it. I love, I love contributing some plugs guys. I have a discount code for the KNKT belts. I put a post up this week of the belts that, that I bought and I'm loving them. So if you want to get yourself some really cool ratchet belts that 
you know, just have some really nice style to them. Interchangeable buckles, different different kinds of straps. Go on to uh, K- KNKT's website. It's KNKT Belt, which is an acronym for Knew Nothing, Kept Trying. I like that. I like as in I knew nothing, but I kept trying. So KNKT belts. The promo code is in the description. You do need to punch it in manually, apparently, but it's in the description. So if you want to go in there and get yourself some belts and buckles, put that in, you get 25% off. Also, the factor meals are there. I've ordered my factor meals. So at the end of the month, when I, you know, after I see my doctor with the the fasting and stuff like that. I'm going to, I'm going to start, you know, eating those and just having some nice keto meals prepped for me so that I can, you know, be a little more disciplined. I still get to eat food, but it's all, all figured out for me. And I'm not, not fucking around too, too much with my, with my ketosis. Yeah. So, so check out the factor meals. You get $80, $80 off a box for yourself. You can literally cancel it the next week, but these are meals that are already made. They are not a bag of produce that you have to chop up and spend an hour cooking. These are meals that are fresh, never frozen. They are made by the chefs. So you get a box of them, you put them in your fridge, you take it out, throw it in the oven or microwave. I suggest the oven. It's just a little bit nicer in the oven. And then you get a nice properly prepared meal. They're not all keto. They're not all calorie smart or vegan or whatever, but those options are there. But the nice idea is just that you know exactly what's, what's in the food. You know how many calories you're eating. It actually tastes like a home cooked meal. That doesn't taste like Swanson hungry man dinners or any of that gross shit. So you can try a box with, you know, you get get an $80 $80 discount or something like that, or uh, I know it's 80 bucks off. It might be over like two boxes instead of one, but the idea is that you get to try some meals. They're already done. You put them in the fridge, dinner's dinner's ready to go for you. You know, if you're cooking for your whole family, you might do better with something like a HelloFresh or whatever, where you're, where you're cooking for an hour, but you know, you don't want to throw four TV dinners in the, the oven. It'll cost you a little bit less, but if you're a single person or you know, you're gonna be traveling and you don't want to be going out every night to dinner or ordering in or something. These are great to go right in the hotel fridge and there check out the factor link. I uh, use the code in the description if necessary, but that'll get you, that'll get you a discount and it tosses some, some money back towards my account. So you're helping me achieve my goals by, by keeping me, you know, tossing a little bit of money my way and you're saving money for yourself. So, you know, we both win. Well, who doesn't love that? Right. On top of that, there's the Nespresso discount that I continue to have. So the Nespresso, the Nespresso discount code is there. Basically, if you want to go into Nespresso site, you can click the link and it's going to give you $70 off. You use the code, you get $70 off whatever machine you pick. You pick whatever machine you want, you get $70 off. You also get a $35 capsule dispenser for free and you get five sleeves of coffee for free, which is like another, I think they call it another $40 value or, or they give you $50 worth of coffee whatever it is. I don't remember, but you're, you're getting basically like 170, somewhere between 150, $170 off in, in product. So definitely check that out. You want an espresso machine? That's what I drink on the podcast. And again, if you, if you do that, they give me a $50 credit to use for coffee. So all this uh, slurpable, delicious Nespresso coffee, which I'm drinking, you can be the reason that, that I'm, I'm kept in, in, in coffee stock. And of course you're just saving money for yourself. I'm going to Chicago soon. Looking forward to that. Going to go see Paul Verzi's, uh, third special, second Netflix special. The Calling with Hilarious Bastards is coming up on June 1st. I'm going to continue to work on that. I did get my gym membership. I haven't been yet. Nothing but excuses, but I haven't been like, well, I should go to the gym. Nah, I'm not gonna. I, I have been doing things again, doctor's appointments, shows, activations. Like I've, I've been busy and I have been doing calorie deficits on days that I'm working. So you know, not losing any weight right now, but I'm not gaining any, but after watching these health documentaries, whatever, like I'm, I'm excited to do that. So this episode's being recorded in advance properly. So tomorrow I wake up on Wednesday and hopefully, well, hopefully, no, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to do my health metrics and I'm going to get to the gym. I have some stuff I need to return. I have some stuff I need to get printed for promotion and whatnot. So I'm going to go out and while I'm out, I should hit the gym. So I think I'll do my running around and then I'll jump in the gym, sweat it up and then come home, shower, clean myself up, yada, yada. But today has been productive. Tomorrow's going to be productive. I am, I'm, I'm coming up this week. We have the, the LTB hearing. Um, I'm not doing anything for Valentine's day. I'm not one of those people like, man, it's a Hallmark holiday. Even if it's a Hallmark holiday, fuck it. If there's a, if there's a, a holiday that's supposed to celebrate love, why not? You know, it doesn't mean you have to buy something, but you could celebrate it. Well, I am not in love in the moment. Boo hoo. But I think I'll just fill my Valentine's Day. You know what? I'm going to love. That's what I'm going to do. And I didn't even plan to do that. So I'm going to take my things to do for tomorrow. And I'm just going to write love yourself. You know, that's who I'm going to show love to tomorrow. I'm going to love myself by going to the gym, by working on some projects that are important to me, by cleaning up my space, by trying to figure out some things I can do in the next week that are good for me. And then I'll tell you guys about it on the next episode. How does that sound? 
I'm just going to go ahead and underline love myself twice. That may also mean jerk off, but I'm not the, uh, I'm not the language place. So I, I really wouldn't know. We'll see how love myself manifests. And I'll tell you guys about that next week, but this week coming up, we have our LTB virtual hearing on Thursday. So, you know, I, I didn't really get a chance to tell you guys too far in depth as to like everything that's going on. You know, there's some episodes that are missing, you know, during the dark time, which I will fill in, but I just, I, I just, we're going to see, we're going to see, I, I, everyone I've talked to is like, there's no way you're going to lose, but we still have to sit down. We still have to make a case. We still have to get something solved. Uh, and that happens on Thursday. I've also got an interview two hours before that for, you know, a job with founders original, actually becoming a staff member. I love their product and I love working with them. So we'll see what the job entails. We'll see what, what they want from me and what I can offer. And I'll let you guys know how that goes. And this week is the final three days of the winter loot activation. So family day is coming up on Monday. So if you're in Canada, I hope you have a great family day. Still a holiday that I forget about because it's still been fabricated in my lifetime. I think like, I don't know how old family day is 10 years old. I don't think it's older than 15 years. I could be wrong, but family days are relatively new holiday, but it's just a stat holiday. They call family day. So yay. It's a February holiday that we already have Valentine's day. I guess Valentine's day is not a stat day. So they're probably just looking to throw a stat day in there. Also, my piece of shit, it's the second podcast of the month. Happy Black History Month, guys. I hope, I hope that, that people are being kind. Like, it's like, it's like, what do you mean? They're being mad at Black History Month. There's probably people who are like, bitch, why does it need a month? You know, when, when is White History Month? Yeah, every other month, like all the arguments. Just, just be kind. Let's learn. People have been through some shit. No question. It's inarguable. Oh, stop living in the past. Okay. We'll tell that to the civil war reenactment guys and the, the South shall rise again. They're living in the past too, right? No one's giving them, I mean, smart people are giving them shit, but you know, at the end of the day, just be kind to people. And I think a, a month devoted to history, I think it's important for all of us to know history, regardless of what the history is, because those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. There's a free quote of the week. So I just happy black history month. I'm sorry that Valentine's day got remembered in black history month did not. Truly happy black history month. Hope pick up a, pick up a book, watch a documentary, do something to show a little love. That's, that's my suggestion. You don't have to listen to me. I'm an idiot. I tell dick jokes for a living. So let's, uh, let's have a little bit of happiness. I, I, I hope you guys have a great day. I hope you have a great week. Let me know what you're, what you guys are up to for the holiday. If anything, contact at one podcast.com. I would love it if you would suggest any, any documentaries for black history month. If you've watched something compelling and interesting as of late, please share it with me. I would love to do that. I would love to, to immerse myself in, in some, some love and tolerance and, and expansion and growth and, and progression. And I just love learning. So hit me up with that. Let me know if you're doing anything for your health. You guys, you guys on uh, diets or, or exercise regimes or health regimes or anything like that. Are you doing something to take care for yourself? You know, share it with me. Contact at one man podcast.com. I'd love to know what's going on with you guys. I'd love to, you know, I'd love to connect. I'm, I'm, I'm part of my sadness right now is feeling alone and isolated you know, maybe emotionally or whatever. So I would love to hear some other people, what, what you're doing to show yourself love or, or care, or if you're struggling, you know, reach out from the void and, and connect with me again. I'll say it one more time, contact at one man podcast.com. And just let me know what's going on with you. Give me a top five list. Give me a, give me what up, whatever you're up to. I've, I've, I've described it. I don't need to, to cheer you off, but I hope you guys have a great day. I hope you have a song in your heart and I look forward to chatting with you again soon.